Hello, everyone, and welcome to United Teachers of Lowell's Straight Talk podcast. This is Amy Bisson here with Mickey Dumont. We're the hosts of this weekly podcast produced by and for members of the United Teachers of Lowell. In our weekly podcast, you'll hear about local, state, and national issues that affect our members. You'll also hear about some of the accomplishments of our members, and we'll keep you up to date with news and decisions that impact all of us. With a flurry of activity over the last month, the Lowell School Committee has commenced their search for Lowell's next superintendent of schools. With so many stakeholders interested in finding and retaining a district leader who will be able to navigate the politics of Lowell and the challenges of 21st century urban school leadership, there is a lot riding on an effective screening of potential candidates. With those challenges in mind, we thought it would be instructive to get a historical perspective from Paul Georges, who has been part of several Blue Ribbon Committees. The longevity of superintendents in Lowell over the past 10 years has been less than optimum. If the school committee is intent on finding exemplary candidates, what is the process going to involve? So, Paul, you've been the UTL president for over 20 years, which means you've participated in many of these superintendent searches and blue ribbon committees. Yes, I have. Tell us a little bit about the history of what that's like. Well, it depends. I mean, in the uh, if my recollection goes back. I mean, yeah. you have. Let's just say. Let's just say it's you know, there's been a number of searches, obviously. Uh, over the last 10 or 15 years, but uh, uh, I go back to when George Zappasiris was superintendent of schools when mm-hmm. I came in in 1992. So you've got institutional knowledge. Well, there. institutional knowledge, and, and the, screen, the, the Blue Ribbon Committee usually acted as a screening committee. Mm-hmm. Um, and in most cases, uh, well, let's just, let's just say uh, they, they were usually commissioned to... to uh, sort of narrow the field so that the school committee could focus on the, because it takes some extensive time on the part of the school committee to schedule school visits and all of that sort of stuff to follow Absolutely, up. Absolutely, yes. Um, but one thing that was of concern, the last search which took place in, in 2015, was that we had received, and there were three members, well, first of all, let me, let me start with uh, while there was discussion about the Blue Room Committee uh, in 2015, there were a number of subcommittee meetings uh, that were uh, handled through the Personnel Subcommittee. Yeah. Uh, in meeting with uh, Michael Gilbert, a representative from the Mass Association of School Committees. And in those meetings, and a number of meetings held, most of them were held over at the uh, Rogers School mm-hmm. in the TV that studio the, there. Yeah. And there were discussions about who would be part of the Blue Ribbon Committee. At that at that point, it was decided there would be three members from the United Teachers of Lowell. There'd be one from each level as determined by the UTL. There were a number of meetings. I think there was three meetings, and perhaps it was the fourth or might have even been the fifth meeting, which was the last meeting before the, sub, the Blue Ribbon Committee was to meet, essentially, and learn its role and work together and meet with each other and develop questions that would be appropriate of that group. Uh, it was decided, uh, an unusual occurrence had had come up, that uh, for the first time the word active was put in the job description Isn't that for fascinating? teachers. Isn't yeah. And the 
part of the reason, what? So I questioned, I questioned Mr. Gilbert about that because mm-hmm. that was the first time we had heard that that terminology, um, and uh, he said active, meaning actively teaching, and I said, well. I had just retired from teaching after a long career at Lowell High School um, and haven't been president since 1992. I asked uh, on what precedent. He said, oh, no, it should be an active teacher. And I said, well, uh, let's see how people feel about that. It happened that the next school committee meeting, full school committee meeting, was scheduled for the 18th of March, 2015, we had had a rally out front before the school uh, committee meeting started. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were, at that point, we were going almost a year without a contract. And a number of teachers attended, um, were interested in finding out how this thing would be settled as far as active members. Uh, I had a previous, I had retired uh, eight months earlier from the teaching, but continued on as president as I do today. And it was viewed by some that this was an attempt to keep me off the Blue Ribbon Screening Committee by member by members of the UTL. Uh, it ended up that I think it was probably 60 to 70 people showed up, uh, or teachers stayed beyond the rally. So clearly UTL members wish to have you represent them or represent their interests. I, I, it, it appeared that way, yeah. and it ended up two teachers spoke in favor of... Uh, and questioned why the word active mm-hmm. was finally inserted at the end. Uh, as it ended up, uh, the the uh, active designation, uh, uh, Rodney Elliott was mayor at the time. Uh, Dave Conway was was in the, in the uh, on the uh, school committee. There are a number of others that were on the school committee. There was a discussion. Two teachers spoke up and said that uh, it really. It seemed exclusionary for well, for what reason and why was that sure. term put in? I will explain something to you that as president of the teachers union, I was on a halftime release during that whole period. However, most union presidents of school districts uh, having as many members as I had were on full-time relief, Yes, which meant they didn't teach at all, mm-hmm. that, which is the case in so many AFT and MTA uh, districts that are the size of Lowell. Mm-hmm. Uh, at one time, the school committee had agreed that we would be that uh, uh, I could be on full time release, uh, but they insisted that all the bennies and all the rest be paid for by the members. I didn't feel it was fair to the members. I thought we had done some significant work in improving the school, all public schools, through a lot of training, PD, and so on that that came our way through sure. AFT, very Absolutely. often sponsored by yeah. the UTL. So I never opted to exercise that and be a full time release. But simply stated. It's not unusual. Uh, in fact, it's usually the norm that a school district the size of law would have a president with full-time release. From my perspective, whether I had full-time release or I had been retired was irrelevant. Yes. Uh, and the fact was uh, a couple of teachers spoke up uh, at that meeting on the 18th. There was a motion made uh, by uh, Connie Martin that mm-hmm. said, well, since Mr. George is so good at this, perhaps... Uh, he should be the only teacher representative on the Blue Ribbon Committee. So, wait a minute. They went from uh, looking for three UTL members yeah, three UTL. to three active, as they defined it, somebody and still. Then the, and then the motion made by the chairman of the personnel subcommittee was, we'll keep Mr. George's on and eliminate the other two. Upon hearing that, a substitute motion was made at the school committee meeting that the word active be taken up. Okay. And that passed. 
immediately. Uh, my recollection of that was that uh, the maker of the, the 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 motion to eliminate the other two uh, the questioned the the uh, at that time Rodney Elliott, the mayor, uh, why that motion had not followed, and he indicated because it failed from not getting a second. That settled that issue, and we ended up with For three time, with three yeah. people, and we had one person from each uh, level, one elementary, one middle. And I represented the high school. But there were other peculiarities that came up that, are, that arose. And that was that Mr. Gilbert had indicated to us that uh, we had received a communication uh, indicating that there had been 24 people who had showed interest in the superintendency. 22 had submitted uh, their resumes. And that as a, and he informed the, the entire Blue Ribbon Committee, that 10 had been selected from that 22 to be interviewed by the Blue Ribbon Committee. That was of concern uh, to several of us on the Blue Ribbon Committee in asking what criteria was used to eliminate those additional names. Um, and some, and uh, there was no clear answer ever given. So However, that's still a mystery. Well, that's still somewhat of a mystery because we don't know. Yeah. I did speak with a couple of school committee people afterwards, and they didn't know who the 22 people were that had applied. So some mysterious rubric well, was applied whatever. to... Was applied to eliminate 12 to people. To screen out. And mm-hmm. nobody felt satisfied with the answer of why or who. Consequently, there was a request by someone on the Blue Ribbon Committee to look at all the resumes. It was denied. Uh, and then, as we we began the process, began the process of looking at the ten that had been forwarded uh, by Mr. Gilbert uh, for the Blue Ribbon Committee to look at. Uh, of that, ironically, you, talk, you know, well, let's just say of, of of some significance. I think there were actually four candidates of the ten who were either currently working in Lowell or had worked in Lowell for an extended period sure. of time, sometime yeah. in the past. Leaving, um, and based upon that, the group did precisely what it was asked to do, which was to look at the candidates, pair them down, and as requested by the school committee, five were advanced to the... For the school committee to take school them committee. closely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Upon further examination of this... Uh, I, I, I will only tell you what I know, and what I know at the time was there had been extensive conversation before. Let's just say it was well known that I w- had always indicated I would prefer uh, a superintendent that had expansive teaching experience. Mm-hmm. The idea, and most teachers agree with that. They certainly want to have an administrator that has teaching experience and knowing what it is to be a teacher sure. rather than having come up as an administrator with very little teaching experience. I think that was perhaps it was suggested to me that was perhaps why there was an attempt to try to get me off that committee in that, um, but I'll I'll just leave it yeah. at that. Yeah. Um, other than that, the, the 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 process continued with no satisfactory explanation about why twelve were uh, eliminated. I did bring this up at the subcommittee meeting two weeks ago. Sure. Uh, a so couple here of weeks we are today. The Butler. And forming I, a new Blue Ribbon Commission. And I brought up the, the mm-hmm. idea that there were irregularities uh, having to do with the elimination of 12 of the candidates for no real understanding of what criteria was used to eliminate, allowing only 10 to be passed on to the Blue Ribbon Committee. Yeah. And I did that in the hope that school committee members would become 
would participate actually in the Blue Ribbon Committee activity so that they would be aware of all the applicants. Mm-hmm. Uh, consequently, a, a subsequent conversation at an, a last week's subcommittee meeting from Mr. Um, Kucher. Um, yeah, Mr. Kucher mm-hmm. uh, from the Mass Association of School Committee. Uh, and his assistant, who were speaking, said that the procedure is that the Blue Ribbon Committee would receive all of the resumes and they all members would glean through them and from that make a determination of an unknown number that they would want to uh, that they would want to interview uh, to, before the pairing down. That didn't occur. That didn't occur in the 2015 so selection process. The process has changed. Or, or I they, guess people I, can draw their own conclusions. I classify it as now. I classify that as I guess the way I look at it was it's, it was an irregularity that mm-hmm. I wanted to flag to the entire school committee, sure. some of which were not on the committee back then at that particular yeah. time. I think it's very important we try to preserve the capacity of the Blue Ribbon Committee, and if there are school committee members acting on that and in a, in a minority fashion, or perhaps with or without a vote. Uh, that they, that the school committee, at least some members of the school committee, are aware of every single application yeah, that comes yeah. in. Yeah, you would think that the school committee in particular would want to see the breadth of candidates. Uh, yes, yeah. and and it was only later, and I brought this up again two weeks ago at the at the ver- first uh, personnel subcommittee meeting having to do with, with this uh, search, uh, was that it was months later that I received an email asking about what the status had been of one individual uh, who was a sitting superintendent who, uh, let me put it this way, someone who had known someone who had applied for the position that had not, who was a sitting superintendent in a similar community to Lowell. And one would draw the conclusion that that might make that person a very strong candidate. Well, yeah, yeah you might. We give them an advantage of being aware of the kind of population that we had and so on. Um, had not, had not, uh, you know, received the final, uh, how can I put it, uh, uh, had not been interviewed by the school committee. And, and to be totally honest, the person had not been was not advanced to us of one of the ten finalists. Huh. So that gave me even greater concern. Sure. Uh, people can conclude what they want from this, yeah. but I would tell you if it in any way impacted our ability to attract, retain, and hire the best superintendent, it was a disservice to the public school system. Yes, I think most people listening to this would agree with that. No. You've talked a, a little bit about the link to the past and some things that are concerning that Hopefully, going forward, the new Blue Ribbon Committee Mm -hmm. will be very aware of and uh, take into consideration. I think a lot of energy is spent trying to trying to sell the idea or make a convincing argument for transparency when very often there isn't any at all. There's been a lot of concern about uh, and a lot of discussion about the Blue Ribbon Committee directing so many people or who they might want to keep on or not, Mm -hmm. and people with strong personalities insisting and so on. I think at least in the case of the uh, 2015 search, the Blue Ribbon Committee might have been deprived of of, uh, uh, some of the best candidates simply by the fact that they never saw them because Mm -hmm. it had already been pared down from 22 to 10 before they even saw the list of of applicants. We'll never know. Yeah. We'll never know. Uh, 
but I didn't want that to return again. That's why I brought it up yeah. at this time to assure, to try to make sure that there was a fair consideration for every applicant that uh, put in and that we could, in fact, guarantee transparency, something that yeah. apparently wasn't necessarily there. I would also say, too, if I hadn't been part of that selection, that Blue Room Committee, I may not have been aware of this. Yeah. Um, well, certainly the general public is not. Well, let me give reason to, to why some people apparently still would, would prefer not to have me on the Blue Room <laughs> Committee. Um, but the point is, I, you know, this is what I knew. The, the, the questions were raised. And I think it's important that, again, uh, every applicant have a fair opportunity to become the next superintendent of schools Absolutely. and Lowell not be deprived of the best applicants because of what other consideration, maybe yeah. political or not, may be out there. Yeah. Yeah. We need transparency. We need the best candidate to move our school district forward. So we're, we're talking actually tonight, uh, the school committee mm -hmm. is meeting uh, with the purpose of starting to talk about this blue ribbon committee's formation and a job description that would go with a superintendent's search and I think yes. there are a couple other personnel things. Um, Last Wednesday, when the subcommittee met, mm -hmm. there was talk about having two UTL members listed on the uh, Blue Ribbon Commission committee's uh, composition. Mm -hmm. How would somebody who was interested in being part of this selection process go about things? Is you know, from your perspective, you mean from the UTL? Yes. Well. We rely, I think, uh, on the people who are elected into office because they obviously represent teachers, uh, VPs, mm -hmm. uh, obviously uh, are in contact with our members at the various levels and I think have uh, a, a, an idea, a greater idea about what the needs are mm -hmm. and what would be advantageous. Those are people who have already been elected by the by the members sure. themselves. So they have support of their members. So they have support of mm -hmm. the members, so they wouldn't hold the elected position. So usually I go to them to ask them to, to represent um, the membership in any kind of search. Yeah. Um, at the subcommittee meeting, there was some talk about limiting the UTL uh, participation to one candidate. Well, that was a motion made by, uh, from my understanding, it was from Jackie, a suggestion made by Jackie Doherty. So mm -hmm. that, and uh, you'd have to ask her what the motivation was on that one. Last time around, I had heard when they were, uh, when the chairman of the personnel subcommittee suggested that I would be the sole teacher representative right. on this, the argument was that they didn't want the number on the blue ribbon committee being too big. And we've heard that argument a couple. Of I've times heard that already. argument before, yeah. but I can tell you my experience, regardless of the size of the blue ribbon committee, they work fairly well together. Mm -hmm. I would be more concerned about being unrepresented than I would be having too large a group. Mm -hmm. Um, my experience has been they're usually very collaborative. Uh, people are respectful and they listen to each other's opinions. And I do not have experience where, any experience where, you know, I felt in any sense of intimidation or whatever because somebody was yeah. forceful about the, uh, about their, yeah. usually, um, it's a, it's a collaborative group that really has the intention, from what I can see, uh, of the intention of best, Putting the best candidates forward sure. to help in the process of, of bringing the number down, um, uh, but I, I I hope that the school committee will avail itself where at least three members will be there, 
or if they can find some legal method, all seven would be fine with me. School committee members. School committee members to be part of the blue ribbon to narrow it down. Uh, That's to be found out. But Mm -hmm. tonight, there is a recommendation by the personnel subcommittee, chaired by Connie Martin, uh, to limit it to UTL members. I hope it's expanded to three. Uh, you know, but I, and, and other folks out there, people yeah. have different opinions. But ultimately, tonight, this school committee will make that those, those kinds of decisions moving forward. So this will this will be a meeting to pay attention to. And for listeners, we will post a link to the video because, of course, we don't usually post the podcast to Wednesday. But we will certainly make sure there's a link to it so people can listen in for themselves. Um, um, the the time frame for selecting a new superintendent in Lowell is pretty tight. It is pretty tight, and it's been. But uh, I, ironically, as I looked at the the schedule that had been set up uh, four years ago, uh, yeah, two thousand fifteen, um, it's similar. Oh, it's, so it's, it's not unusual. It's it's similar. Yeah, um, yeah we the argument could be made we started the process late, but the, yeah. they said that. Uh, four years ago, and it ended up to there were 22 qualified applicants. Yeah. Uh, so, again, uh, it's not it's not unprecedented uh, mm-hmm. that it begin at this point. And now it's on accelerated uh, accelerated uh, schedule at this point. Sort of outlined the, uh, the, at the at the last subcommittee meeting. That can be modified. Probably will be modified. Perhaps at the suggestion of the full committee, as the sure. full committee will be there. Or if they find that it uh, it takes a lot longer, but usually when the when the Blue Ribbon Committee comes together, they create questions that they think are appropriate based mm-hmm. upon their own particular attitude about things. There are, um, and, and they again, in my experience, is they usually work pretty collaboratively. Yeah, they would to have work. to, I would think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's not as though, and you know, and it's it's fairly uh, forthcoming. I mean, you could do. You could do a list of, you can score in a certain way if you want. I mean, that'll all be worked out with some guidance for the Mass Association sure. of School Committee. Mr. Kucher is, I believe, chairman of the uh, Mass Association of School Committees. He's uh, extremely high-ranking, and I suspect the Blue Ribbon Committee will rely on him for some some of the information and guidance on this. Great. Um, now, as far as getting stakeholder input... I've seen a couple of uh, references to possible listening sessions. Yeah, and yeah, they're being scheduled by the Mass Association of uh, School Committees. Um, I think we've even, uh, I've reached out to Mr. Kutcher to come up and speak to our building reps uh-huh. uh, so they can get more information. Um, I'm sure that as that that rolls out, it will be shared with the Blue Room Committee as they do their, their work, but it certainly will be shared with the school committee. Great. Um, so that they have input from various stakeholder groups, yeah. including teachers, other, other administrators, other employees within the system, parents, and so on. So we would encourage UTL members to keep an eye open for those kinds of uh, sessions so that you can go They can avail themselves of, the, of those meetings and make their, make their opinion heard. Well, thanks, Paul, for sitting down with us today. The selection of a new superintendent of schools will be something everyone will want to watch unfold. We will update the podcast website with the Blue Ribbon Committee updates as they become available, including any developments resulting from the meeting of the full committee on Monday, February 25th. 
We are asking our members to attend any focus groups or listening sessions to ensure your voices as practitioners in this district are heard. Thank you for tuning in to this episode. We welcome your general comments and feedback. If you have suggestions for future podcasts, or if you're aware of a UTL member who might be willing to share experience and expertise, please send us an email at utl-straighttalk at gmail.com. We'll be back with another podcast episode in another week. But until then, this is Amy Bisson and Mickey Dumont, along with Paul Georges, wishing you a great week.